Hey everyone, it's Robert Poole. On the last episode, we talked about some strategies to maximize the effectiveness of your follow-up. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that almost all entrepreneurs struggle with. Let's get started. You have a small B2B business. Are you frustrated with the lack of resources to grow in B2B? So where do we go to learn how to grow our B2B business? Should we focus on traditional offline methods, online techniques, or both? How do we bring in more clients and revenue and yet keep our sanity? I'm Robert Poole. Join me as I share two decades of B2B growth experience, learn new techniques, and combine both offline and online growth strategies to grow my own business. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a nine-to-five job. Welcome to the tribe and welcome home. Hey everyone, I hope you're having an outstanding day. In the last episode, we talked about how to implement follow-up systems in our businesses. Today, I wanted to go a little bit different direction and talk about a subject that I think most of us are guilty of at one time or another, uh, and that's getting tunnel vision in our businesses. I mentioned in a previous episode that I had a great business partner for many years in our building our company sales double. There's definitely a synergy you get from being able to bounce ideas off of a partner or partners in your business. You know, unfortunately, though, most partnerships don't last and sometimes they end up in a pretty nasty divorce. So there's definitely pros and cons to um, partnerships. Since we started out with just the two of us and had no real employees for several years, we got used to making all the decisions with not a lot of outside input. We sort of separated our responsibilities in the business and generally left the decisions uh, in our respective areas to the one in charge to speak of, you know, and then just kind of consulting the other as needed. And this worked uh, pretty well for us, you know, in the beginning. However, after a few years, uh, when we could afford an employee, we hired my business partner's sister-in-law to answer the phone and do some of the admin work we didn't want to do. You know, we told her exactly what to do and she did it. Uh, she was kind of a meek personality to start off with. So uh, she was pretty compliant. And as a side note, uh, hiring relatives is a, is a tricky one. So uh, particularly when you have to let them go. So uh, think about that before you do it. Um, this kind of uh, relationship sort of became the model of how we would deal with our employees for the next 15 years or so. You know, figure out what needed to be done from our perspective and basically give orders. It was very much a military-style top-down management with almost no input from the people that are doing a lot of the day-to-day work. Uh, and that primarily came from my background uh, as an Army officer and uh, that sort of dictating orders uh, and passing them down, so to speak. You know, my business partner and I would meet, you know, three or four times a week, work on strategies and planning and come up with our directives, so to speak. Uh, and after getting large enough where we had a manager who was managing other employees, sometimes we, you know, we would bring her in for her input on how employees would react to an idea or just explain in depth what we wanted her to convey to the employees. But again, we weren't really looking for a lot of input as we figured the two of us uh, and with our experience, we were doing just fine and knew better than, you know, some of the administrative people that worked for us. You know, while having two people's ideas to figure out a problem like most relationships, uh, you eventually start completing each other's sentences uh, if you've been in a relationship, you know, for any length of time. And, you know, start, you start thinking about things the same way. And it's no different in business. Uh, my business partner and I had become best friends, and I spent more time with him than I did my own family. And in, in retrospect, uh, that really hampered our growth. You know, you hear a lot in business circles with, uh, you know, in leadership training that you should delegate, delegate, delegate. 
However, what they're talking about is delegating work tasks that you shouldn't be doing. And it's one, if it's a one way relationship, meaning you have an activity you need someone to do and you tell them what to do. And, you know, that's the end of it. Uh, you know, of course, good leaders are open to and invite feedback, but it's uh, easy to just tell somebody what to do, get it out of your mind. And then that way you can mentally release it and focus on other things. You know, we ran our company this way for many years uh, until I was forced to change, uh, like most things in life. Um, you know, it's the the moments where things appear to be falling apart or you face incredible challenges that you come up with some of the best solutions and ideas. You know, the day after the 4th of July in 2017, I came to work in the morning as usual and my business partner didn't show up. I later, you know, found him at home where he had had a, suffered a, a fatal heart attack. And, you know, obviously this was a major shock, you know, personally for me and, and also for the business, you know, and one day after almost two decades in business together, I was solely responsible for the business. And, you know, after struggling for several months trying to figure out what to do and what direction to go in, I, I realized that I couldn't grow the business myself based upon my ideas alone. You know, it was a, a humbling experience to say the least, the least as we'd been, you know, successful in what we were doing financially and, you know, but it was reality. I, you know, I'd lost my sounding board and the only other perspective I got in growing the business. So I started searching for some kind of guidance on how to get help. And, you know, in my search, I realized that I really had a gold mine of uh, perspective right in front of me, uh, my staff. And uh, my role in the company up until that point had largely been behind the scenes. And I didn't have a lot of interaction with the employees. They all kind of knew me as the guy who sat in the back office, who put out decrees every now and then, and was also the executioner when it came to firing people, uh, you know, not the best relationship with uh, the staff, to say the least. Uh, and, you know, for those of you who already take advantage of the feedback and wisdom of your team, you know, kudos to you. Uh, whatever you're doing, keep doing it and find ways to get even better information from your team. Uh, anyway, I, I rectified this situation um, by starting with with one meeting of the staff and which uh, for my company is a pretty small group. You know, during this time, I attended uh, Tony Robbins uh, Business Mastery week long seminar, and he really challenged us as you know, to go back to our companies and have at least a, a 90 minute meeting with your team every week and talk to them about ideas focused on growing the business, not the day to day operational stuff. And I remember at the time thinking, you know, what, you know, what in the world am I going to talk about for 90 minutes? Um, but since I was trying all kinds of new things in our business uh, and that my business partner and I had never done, I decided to give it a try for a couple months, which, by the way, is a, is a great period of time when you're testing any new idea. Usually, in my mind, you want to give it at least three months uh, to test it and see how it works. You know, most of, most of us try something for a few weeks at best, you know, and move on. Uh, but in my experience, it takes at least 90 days of consistent effort uh, without changing the parameters of the idea to you know, really evaluate before you can judge its effectiveness. But that's kind of a rant for a different episode. So anyway, we started doing a weekly meeting starting at the beginning with real basic things like asking questions like, you know, why are we in business? What are we in the business of? Who are our dream clients? And, and so on. We really tried hard not to get into the day-to-day -day operational stuff. And that's tough to do, you know, when you're a room full of people because they want to bring up questions about what's going on in the company and how this client said this and what do we do here and blah, blah, blah. But um, we, we really tried to stay away from that. We did a pretty good job um, and eventually got pretty disciplined. And, uh, you know, as I humbled myself and realized that I didn't have all the answers, uh, 
really a flood of fresh ideas and strategies that I had really never thought of came from the employees in these meetings, something that I, I really never expected when I started. You know, a lot of things that really surprised me and I found I had, you know, uncovered a, a real fountain of information uh, that I was lacking about my own business. Uh, you know, it's uh, amazing, but it's kind of funny when you humble yourself and start to listen instead of dictate, you know. Um, I really made a conscious effort to try not to judge any team member or their ideas. Uh, one of the things that jumped out at me early on was that, you know, as a group, we're talking about different ideas. And, you know, our youngest employee at the time was, I think she was around 20 or just turned 20. And uh, she came up with some of the best ideas that, you know, the 40-year-olds didn't even think of. Uh, this was really surprising and counterintuitive, you know, to me is, you know, she had almost no business experiences, you know, just barely out of high school and had only worked for uh, our company for about a year and a half. And, you know, she did, had no, you know, work experience before that. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I won't lie and say this, you know, didn't give my ego a little dent, you know, after all, I'd been in sales and marketing for 25 years and thought, you know, what could this 20 year old teach me? But as a phone sales training guy, I followed in the nineties said money is better than ego every day of the week. And I really think that's true. And I try to remind myself of that, uh, whenever I get in that situation where I feel my ego is getting in the way of uh, progress, you know? So if you struggle with this, like I did, you know, think about, you know, sort of, um, you know, would you rather be right or would you rather be rich? You know, and I'll, I'll take the latter every day of the week. You know, so when I met, initiated these meetings, uh, due to I mean, sort of my dictator and distance role as a leader previously, it was hard to get feedback from some of the employees. You know, some of the team had no problem telling me their feelings, you know, um, very vehemently, by the way. And, you know, others needed to be convinced that I actually valued their ideas, you know, the more we've done these meetings, uh, the more I've earned their trust and the more open I was, um, the better feedback I've gotten. And, you know, I can say with 100 percent certainty that this is one strategy of involving my team in things that has made our company tens of thousands of dollars, if not more in revenue. You know, one of the reasons I believe this works is that when people feel heard and their opinions are validated, um, even if you don't implement their ideas, you know, they start to take ownership of their tasks and their position goes from being just a job they're getting paid for uh, at they show up for to something that they like and they feel like they're contributing value to the company and to the customers. You know, and it's impossible to get that kind of open access to the brain trust that your, your team is holding when you have a top down management style like we did. You know, so that's my experience, you know. So, you know, my question to you is, you know, how do you implement this idea in your business? You know, um, I, you know, I've got a couple ideas, um, you know, three main things that I think uh, you can try if it makes sense to you and, uh, you know, take advantage of the, the goldmine of a resource you have. You know, the first one, you know, to do with the meetings, uh, hold at least uh, one weekly meeting of 60 to 90 minutes where the agenda is growing the business and not day-to-day -day operations. Don't let your team or you start going off on tangents about how to deal with specific things, how to change policies and, you know, that sort of thing. Keep it focused on the bigger picture of how do we move the business forward? How do we increase the revenue? How, you know, those types of things. How do we serve our clients better? You know, if you have uh, more than 10 or 15 employees and have managers, you know, you can break it up into smaller meetings and, you know, meet once a month with the entire company or something like that. Um, you know, and the second thing I would say is you want to really implement a culture of non-judgmental feedback. Uh, this is super important. 
you know, this means that everybody should be comfortable in throwing out their ideas, regardless of how crazy or, or frankly stupid they might seem to other people. You know, if they feel like they're not going to be judged for a bad idea, they'll throw out ideas that, uh, you know, they may question, but, you know, are not sure themselves. But, you know, it turns out they're actually fantastic ideas, so, you know. Uh, the way you do this in a practical way is to make sure that you validate the person's feelings. You uh, sort of ask questions about why they feel that idea is important, where they're coming from, where, where they got that idea, you know, without immediately dismissing it, which is, you know, my personality is very quickly decision making, you know, type of thing. Just um, here's the information, make a decision quickly and move on. You know, it comes a little bit from my military and West Point background uh uh, to, to speed that up. But sometimes you, you need to consider and think about things. And I think this is one of those situations where you really have to be patient and try not to dismiss things right off the top of your head. Um, and, you know, uh, and more importantly, in this context, you know, that as long as the employee or the team member is feels heard, they won't feel judged and they'll be open to providing more feedback. Um, so, you know, how do you do this on a practical level? You know, if you're at a, a meeting and someone, you know, sticks their neck out by speaking in front of the group, I listen to their ideas and I get further feedback from other employees while making sure to defend the person. If anyone starts, you know, going shooting down the idea too aggressively, you know, oh, that'll never work or whatever, you know. And, you know, and I always wrap up the topic by going back to the person and saying, you know, so like Mary said, you know, I think she has a worthy idea to consider. Let's put, you know, X topic on the list as a possible solution, you know, type of thing. So you kind of end it on a positive note. You know, if you do that, you're always making the person feel valued and it encourages them to speak up again. You know, and to take this a little bit further on a one to one level, the, you know, the same culture of non judgmental feedback should be implemented. If it's just you, your employees should know that, you know, um, you want them to come to you with their ideas and, and that you value their opinion. doesn't mean you have to implement them. But again, if they feel heard, they will go above and beyond for the company. If you have managers in place, make sure they're using the same approach. You know, it's pretty uh, uh, common, you know, when valuing a, a company uh, from an outsider's investors or, you know, somebody was considering buying your company type of thing that, you know, the customer list is your most important asset. And you'll hear that over and over again. And, you know, and, you know, generally even more than the physical assets of a company. And, you know, and I, I can understand that. And, you know, that may be true from an outsider's valuation perspective. Uh, but for you as a business owner, in my opinion, your employees are the most valuable asset you have in your company. Well, it's true that everyone is replaceable, including you as the owner. I think about it like, you know, what would happen if all my employees quit at once today? You know, sure, I could rebuild and grow my way back, but it would be a major setback in the business and potentially take years. However, you know, if given the chance, your team will help you take the company to the next level if you allow them to be part of the process. Uh, and I, I just don't think you'll be sorry for doing this. You know, if we're already doing some of these things, you know, great. And I would encourage you to continue what you're doing, you know, tweak it even further and this is really, uh, as again, uh, you know, a virtual gold mine as far as I'm concerned for you as a business owner. You know, I've uh, chosen to keep these podcasts fairly short, like eight to 12 minutes, you know, uh, just because I personally start losing interest when it gets longer than that. And I really have more than 10 or 15 minutes in the car, which is where I listen to most podcasts. And so that being said, I'm uh, said, I'm going to split this uh, topic into two parts. Uh, there's a, another way uh, that's critical, in my opinion, to getting good advice that'll grow your business. 
So I hope you got something out of this episode. In part two, we're going to talk more about this second strategy in growing your business. Thanks for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you on the next episode. Have an awesome day. Thanks for listening today. I hope you learned something you can implement right away. I know your time is valuable, and it's an honor to serve you. Please subscribe and rate this show on iTunes and give me your honest feedback and what future subjects would help you out the most. I also put together a short ebook on some of the top lessons I've learned in 20 years in a B2B business. You can download a free copy at growyourb2bcompany.com. That's growyourb2bcompany.com.